Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, it is Wednesday night, the 1st of February. Welcome to Praying for America. We welcome Christians, patriots from across this land who want to pray for this country, who want to save this country, who realize they have a role in doing so, and who realize we have a guidepost, we have a roadmap for for doing so in the Holy Word of God that unites us across denominational lines and and truly brings us uh, to the place where our founders were, really, uh, believers in in God. uh, most of them Christian believers, scripture believers, and uh, people who from that source, from that word and spirit of God, got the courage to make the sacrifices necessary to found this nation. Well, we're going to ask a difficult question tonight, or maybe difficult for a lot of people. I think it is. Do we pray for our political enemies or not? And if so, how do we do that? I want to explore some of that with you. Um, at first, I'm going to show you a little quick video clip after we say our prayer. And then we're going to get into this. It'll be a little bit of spiritual guidance here tonight and uh, uh, hopefully some encouragement. Okay. Psalm 100. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing for joy. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Let us pray. Father, we are joyful in your Son, Jesus Christ. We are joyful in your Holy Spirit poured out from him and you. We are joyful in the new life we have. We are new creation in Christ. And you have given us, Lord, the privilege to live in the greatest nation in the world. At a critical time of our history, when we have been through the greatest presidential administration under President Trump, and when now we have political forces who are literally destroying this country, attacking our values, trying to limit the freedom of believers, a godless party an anti-life party. Lord, help us to stand firm for what this nation was founded on and to fight vigorously and to impart to our children and grandchildren those values and that spirit and indeed that word that comes from you that will enable them not only to renew and save this nation, but to save their own souls. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, speaking about praying, I shared the other morning on my social media a short video clip that I wanted to share with you on this program, too. Many of you saw it because you follow me at FR Frank Pavone. And if you don't, I want to invite you to do so. Uh, please connect with me on all the social media platforms. We're very grateful to get her, uh, by the way, for carrying our broadcasts. And uh, Truth Social, make sure you've got your account on Truth Social. Again, I'm at FR Frank Pavone. Let me show you the little video I made because uh, it, it, it was, uh, it, well, it has to do with, you know, I've been under a lot of attack these days and uh, and I uh, wanted to just sh- share this with you now. Hey friends, greetings on this 30th of January. It is uh, just about the time of sunrise here in Florida at our Priest for Life headquarters. 
You know, a lot of bad things have been happening uh, to me lately, but I, and, and of course, so many of you uh, have so many challenges to deal with. I just wanted to let you know what I'm thinking and feeling this morning as I get up and come out here and realize it's a fresh new day. I'm alive, able to think and talk and work and use this day as I have committed every day of, of, of the rest of my life to ending abortion and knowing that there are things I can do today in that regard and will do them. I wanna show you here, I'm, I'm walking along this little pathway in our backyard. I make a little tiny mini pilgrimage each day. It takes about 45 seconds. I walk down this pathway and let me show you exactly what I do. There's a statue of Jesus here at the end of the pathway, uh, revealing his sacred heart, his love for all of us. I come to it, I look at him, I point to my own heart and I say, Jesus, come into my heart. That's it. Simple little prayer. And then I go back and embrace the work of the day. Remember what scripture says, I can do all things in him who strengthens me, no matter what you're going through. Take that peace. Let each day be a whole fresh beginning. And let's get to the work of ending abortion forever and extending the kingdom of God. You are in my prayers today. And I'm grateful for yours. God bless. Okay, friends, I hope that's an encouragement. Listen, don't get stuck in the past in anything, in any way. Don't let the past burden you for today. When you wake up, each day is a new day. And the Lord says, you remember, Jesus Christ says, Behold, I make all things new. He makes all things new in his blood, in his spirit, by his grace. You know, you can't let the enemy control you. And that, and that kind of segues into what I want to talk about today. You can't, you know, there's an old saying. It's a, it's a, it's a, a principle of war. The battle is in the mind of the enemy. You, you, you get up in the morning, you start your day, and it's, it's like rejoice in what you have. You have that day. You have all the things God has given you, the tools, the opportunities the will to do good and other people are biting at you, trying to pull you down, trying to distress you, trying to distract you. The battle is in the mind of the enemy. The enemy wants you to get up and be thinking about the enemy and, and, and be worried about what the enemy is going to do or think that things are going bad or have reasons to start the day depressed and, and downtrodden. No. The battle's in the mind of the enemy. Don't let them do that to you. Now, we have political enemies. Do we pray for them? Should we pray for them? How should we pray for them? I want to make some important distinctions here. Because the bottom line is, biblically, we know that we, 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 we need to pray for them. We know that. It's a command of the Lord. But, but, that doesn't mean they aren't enemies and that we shouldn't defeat them as enemies. Let me explain more about this. First of all, I'm going to write a column. You know, I write, I write a lot of opinion pieces for a lot of different publications. And I'm going to write one that says, bless me, Father, for I haven't been angry enough. You know, Catholics, when they go to confession, they say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Well, bless me, Father, for I have not been angry enough. Now, we've done programs about this in the past where anger in and of itself is not a sin. It's a passion. We have various passions. Those passions are their energies of the of the body, and the mind, and the soul. Okay, and, and, and anger is one of them. Now, sometimes it's 
bad to be angry. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's the right, normal, healthy thing to be. And so we look at people who, they're not our enemies by our choice. They're our enemies, they make themselves our enemies because they stand against what we believe in and who we are, even as Americans. What are all these, these people who are on the radical left who are trying to rewrite our history, trying to redefine our nation as evil and inherently racist and trying to pass this on to our children, not with our consent, but just by, 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 by the sheer imposition of their will, they want our children and our students around the country to be, you know, indoctrinated with this idea that this nation was conceived in evil. And that should make us mad. Look what they've done to our southern border. We don't have a southern border. This is an invasion of our country. They should make us mad. They're trying to expand more and more and more and more and more the killing of babies by abortion. This should make us angry. Look what they're doing to us on the international stage. The absolute embarrassment of what happened in Afghanistan and all kinds of other blunders in foreign policy making us lose the respect of nations who used to respect us pretty highly. This stuff should make us angry, what they're doing to our economy, what they're doing to religious freedom. The Democrat Party thinks religious freedom is discrimination, what we would call religious freedom. They call discrimination. Oh, that, that therefore it's to be eliminated. This is bad stuff. Now, does it make you angry? I hope so, because if it doesn't, either you're not paying attention or you're not normal. Or your values aren't in the right place. Of course it makes us angry. Friends, we've got to stop looking at that as a negative. It's not a negative that it makes us angry. What has to happen next is the key. Do we let that anger consume us and make us do things that are bad or wrong or make us hate? We're not called to hate. We're called to oppose our enemy, not to hate our enemy. That's a key distinction. The Lord asks us to take our anger, submit it to his Holy Spirit, and use that energy. Remember, anger is a passion. It's energy inside of us. Use that energy to do good. Direct it in a positive way. And ask the Lord to show you what that positive way is. The sacrifice, for example, that's necessary to win elections requires a lot of energy. So it's not bad. You know, political analysts will always tell you it's not bad when the when the voters are angry about something. That's going to motivate them to get up and get out of their house and get to the voting booth and not only vote themselves, but to rally all kinds of other votes. All right. So Newt Gingrich, prior to the 2020, or I just think it was just after the 2020 election, wrote a column I, I often quote from where he said, you know, I've never been more angry in my whole political career about what's going on here in, in American politics. And of course, with good reason. That's why the chant, let's go Brandon. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to you, I'll say the Brandon administration instead of the Biden administration. You know, the reason why I, 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 I say that is that it expresses what is on the part of millions, tens of millions of Americans, not just a disagreement politically, but a deep distress and anger. And uh, that's not inappropriate. Nor is it inconsistent with being a good Christian. Now, we're divided. 
I tell people, don't be so concerned that we're divided. Be concerned that you're on the right side of that division. That's what we have to be concerned about. So yes, we have enemies because people make themselves our enemies. We don't want to hate them. We can't. We're not allowed to hate them. Jesus says, well, let's go to his word. As you know, from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, starting in chapter 5, verse 43, here's what we read, but we have to properly interpret this and apply it. That's the bottom line. I mean, we know the verses, but how do we apply it? He says in verse, starting in verse 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, God does not in any way, shape, or form tolerate evil. And this is the basis for distinguishing the love of enemies from the tolerance of what they stand for. We do not tolerate what they stand for. We are righteously angry about what they stand for and how they're destroying things. But what God Almighty, who hates evil, does is he makes the sun shine and the rain fall on both the good and the bad. In fact, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. So that's the radical, historical, biblical, spiritual starting point. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. God sends his rain and sun on the just and the unjust. So that's got to be our attitude. We want what is good for everyone. Now, that does not mean that we're supposed to ignore our anger. That does not mean we're supposed to change our convictions and somehow see things with rose-colored glasses. There's no rose-colored glasses that we should be putting on. Okay, when someone's doing evil, not only do we need to recognize it, we need to call it out. But that itself is part of loving our enemy. Part of loving our enemy is recognizing them and recognizing what is destroying them. Them as well as us and our nation and our values and our unborn children. You recognize what's destroying them. One, one time when I was giving a talk, I was out in the Midwest somewhere. I was walking into the banquet hall where I was going to give the pro-life speech. And there were pro-abortion demonstrators outside. And when I walked by, uh, they knew you know, who I was. I was the guest of honor that night. And they shouted out, why do you hate us? So when I got inside and we had the dinner and then I came to give my talk, I addressed my, myself to that question. I said, these protesters outside are asking, why do you hate us? And I said, we don't hate you. And here's what I said after that. If we hated you, we would leave you alone. Because what you're doing is destroying you. It is not that you, yes, you have set yourself up against us, so in that sense someone becomes an enemy, like I already said. But in reality... They are our brothers and sisters. They're not the enemy. They are captive to the enemy. So what we want is not that they be destroyed. What we want is that they be converted. Isn't that what Christ came to do? To convert. And that begins to show us how we fulfill Jesus' command to pray for our enemies. 
We don't want it to become a watering down of the difference between where we stand and where they stand, because that's the difference between good and evil. It's the difference between truth and falsehood. It's the difference between right and wrong. That is not a difference that you want to water down. To pray for your enemy is not to give them an inch of validation, but rather, in fact, to pray that they be liberated from the evil in which they are ensnared. That's the point. So when, we, when we're going to pray for our political enemies, do we have to pray for them? Well, yeah. We're going to see another passage, Paul to Timothy, as you know, uh, in a second. But friends, the idea is pray for their conversion. Pray for their liberation from the very evil that they're caught in. Pray for the liberation of the nation from the destructive evil that they are doing. 1 Timothy 2 Let's look at that. You know the passage. Paul not only tells us to pray for these people, but he tells us why. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and a holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Notice the praying for the political people, whether they are of our party or not, whether they are implementing our values or destroying our values, is a prayer based on the fact that they occupy a place of authority and God has established all legitimate authority, and that the fact that they have power over our lives Praying for them is another form of praying for us, for praying for one another, because their decisions, whether it's court decisions or laws that are passed or executive policies, are shaping whether or not we're going to be able to live tranquil and peaceful lives. Tranquil and peaceful lives. The protection of life is at the foundation. Law and order is at the foundation. Yes, we're angry that they allow our cities to burn and crimes to go unpunished. Law and order. But we pray for them that they may be converted, that they may be enlightened, so that we can live in peace. And then also in religious freedom, because Paul says, live in all godliness and holiness. He's talking about religious freedom here. Okay, so you pray. How do you pray for your political enemies? You pray that they may be converted. You pray that they may repent. You pray like we read in the Sermon on the Mount, that the, you pray for what is good for them. Lord, protect them. Protect them, first of all, from them, themselves, from their fake ideas. And protect them, Lord, in health. Protect them in every way. Bring them salvation. This we pray for our enemies. We don't have to have any good fuzzy feelings, by the way. I don't have any warm and fuzzy feelings for the radical woke left who are indoctrinating our children, killing our unborn, and ruining America. I have no fuzzy feelings at all. And I don't want to, frankly. I don't want to. A lot of people find this really hard, you know. A lot of people find this really hard, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. In fact, maybe we should. We should feel a certain angst about all this because it's like wait a second these people are these people are terrible 
These people are sick. They really are. You hear, you hear me say that. President Trump says that. That's not hatred. That is a motivation to pray for them, though. Okay. So, you know what we also have to pray for? Their electoral defeat. Yeah. Lord, pray. We pray. Because you know what? They're hurting themselves even more if they win. See, there's no victory, like I deal in the, in the abortion battles, okay? There's no such thing as a pro-choice victory. Nobody wins. It's not that pro-life wins or pro-choice wins. Either pro-life wins or nobody wins. Either pro-life wins or nobody wins, I mean to say. Because if pro-choice wins, everything gets destroyed. The babies, the moms, the dads, the families, the culture. There is no victory in death. Same thing with... The radical, woke left. It's not that the Save America wins or the woke left wins. It's either Save America wins or nobody wins. Because to the extent that the woke left are in power, America gets destroyed and all of us with it. There's no victory in that. They might celebrate some kind of, uh, you know, superficial external victory, but... No. So that's why to pray for their electoral defeat is what is good for us, for America, and for them. That's how you pray for them. All right. Those are my thoughts about this. Let's pray. Father, we pray for America. And that means, Lord, as your apostle instructed Timothy, we pray right now for all those in authority. We pray generically. Lord, it might be just difficult or distasteful for us even to name names, so we won't name names. But you know who we mean. We pray for all those in authority, even if they got there in illegitimate ways. We pray for them, Lord, just as you make the sun shine on the good and the bad. But Lord, we recognize them as enemies. They are setting themselves against you yourself, and all that we stand for. So we pray for their conversion. We pray for their repentance. We pray for their enlightenment. We pray that they may be voted out of power and soon. We pray, Lord, for the flourishing of our country, of our families, of our freedom, and of our faith. And we pray in the words that Jesus taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends, I hope that's helpful for you tonight. Do tune in again tomorrow. Let others know about Praying for America. I know that we have a great and growing audience, and we're grateful to Right Side Broadcasting Network, to Getter, to everyone who carries our programs, and to you who share these programs. Click, click that share uh, button before we finish, and let others know about the things we have to offer here. And we pray for you every day, all of our team here at Priests for Life. 
uh, pray for me, pray for those who are attacking me in all kinds of different ways during these days. God have mercy on them. Uh, you know, I don't have the worst enemies in the world, but I do have the dumbest ones and uh, pray that, uh, you know, they might wake up. I'll pray for you and for those that uh, may be opposed to you as well. Those are opposed to all of us. That's what we've talked about here tonight. So God bless you. Thank you. Let's connect on social media. Remember, my address is Fr Frank Pavone. We'll see you there with all kinds of other updates, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.